From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about what happens to your marriage when you treat your wedding vows as temporary instead of permanent. And I found this quote on uh, temporary from Anonymous. Um, so many great quotes out there from Anonymous. And it says, never make permanent decisions on temporary feelings. And I think there's so much truth to it. A lot of times couples make decision about, decisions about what's going on in their marriage based on feelings that change so quickly mm-hmm. and they make you know those really big permanent decisions and so never never make a permanent decision based on temporary feelings and as we jump into today's hug you know we love to start the one extraordinary marriage show with a hug but before we jump into this week's hug we want to give a shout out to all our new listeners the yeah. one extraordinary marriage show hit a new milestone last week as we had over 125,000 downloads in a day in one day yeah. You all are spreading the word and making an impact in your friends' lives through sharing, leaving reviews on iTunes, and talking about the show. And so for all our new listeners, welcome. We're so happy to have you as part of the One Extraordinary Marriage family. And for all those of you that have taken the time to leave a review or share with your friends or just say to somebody, you need to listen to this show, thank you. Mm-hmm. Words alone cannot describe how much appreciation we have for you. Yeah, it is truly an honor to have each and every one of you. Those of you who've been listening since the beginning and those that are just coming on now, it is truly an honor to get behind these microphones and share about marriage, you know, honestly, openly, transparently, right? That's what we need to know about that to so that you know you're not alone. Absolutely. You know, so let's go at it today because we got a good one. We got a good one. This is, this is a show that's definitely been in the making for a while. But before we do that, we start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And the hug is really where you get to share with us the impact that One Extraordinary Marriage has made on your marriage. And this week's hug is brought to you by One Extraordinary Marriage's free resource, Seven Steps to Save Your Marriage, Even If Your Spouse is Unwilling. And you can pick this up at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash seven steps. You know, so often it can feel like the challenges you are facing in your marriage are overwhelming. Instead of getting paralyzed with fear, it's time to take action. And this free resource is your first step. This report is going to give you the seven steps that you need to take starting right now. It's going to outline the costs of your decisions and share with you the number one mistake that almost all broken couples make when trying to get help. Don't wait another day to take action to save your marriage. Go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash seven steps right now to get this free resource. And the hug that I'm going to share with you, this actually came in as a message from a client that I had the privilege to work with almost two years ago. You know, when I started working with her and her husband, they were separated. She'd moved out and taken half of their belongings. They knew that they were headed down the path of divorce. And it was really, they were at a crisis situation. They knew that if they didn't get radical, there would be no turning back. Um, they put in a whole lot of blood, sweat, and tears as I did a one-on-one marriage intensive with them. And this is uh, the message that I got from the wife. She said, I remember my husband was doing all of these, these different events and traveling without me and saying we would have a good time when we went to Aruba or travel in the future. This was in the midst of all of the stuff going down. And before he left for a business trip, I remember thinking, yeah, that's what you think. I thought he would be here with someone else. Yet two years later, here I am in the now with my love who really needed this Mm. break. 
I never thought I would be grateful for what we went through. It is so freeing to live without venom. And I just want to say, I mean, this is a couple that honestly, they were, she'd moved out guys. Yeah. And here they are. And I've seen some pictures of them lately and you would not know it was the same couple. They're celebrating, you know, 20 plus years married, I believe 25. And uh, just a testimony to what happens when you both get involved and you do what you have to do to transform your marriage. I want to say one thing too, is it's a journey. It's what we talked about last week. It takes time and you know, what we're going to get into today, you know, those temporary wedding vows, you know, those temporary feelings, making decisions on those temporary feelings. Sometimes we miss out on the glory on what's ahead in our marriage because we give up too quickly, you know? And so, and I can raise my hand. I've been there. I've, I honestly have been there in our, in my own marriage with Elisa, you know, tapping out, you know, sooner than I should have. And so, you know, what we heard in this hug is not something that happened. And then within, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, there was complete restoration. I mean, we're talking two plus years of, of rebuilding. And so we believe, and we've seen it happen time and time again with so many couples in the one family. If you, if you just stay consistent intentional. You take action in little areas. It's amazing what can happen. So I want to ask you guys if, if either one of these things that I'm about to read sounds familiar, because I'm, I'm guessing for quite a few of you, you're going to recognize and probably even be able to say it along with me. I blank, take you blank to be my lawfully wedded husband or wife to have and to hold from this day forward for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health until death do us part. Or maybe something like, will you have this woman? a woman or man to be your wife or husband to live together in the covenant of marriage will you love her or him comfort her or him honor and keep him or her in sickness and in health and forsaking all others be faithful to her or him as long as you both shall live now a lot of you know those those are pretty standard wedding vows there are promises made for a permanent relationship and yet all too often these vows are becoming temporary in our society I want to say right here, marriage is not a temporary solution situation until something better comes along. It's not just for as long as this works or for as long as you feel like staying engaged in the relationship. You know, over the last two weeks, I've had numerous conversations, more than I actually would care to count, with both husbands and wives regarding their feelings towards their vows. And over and over again, I'm hearing that the promises made as the two entered into the covenant of marriage those promises, they've become temporary. Mm. They've become disposable, mm-hmm. right? And it's heartbreaking because, and what I want to dig into in this show is to really like, let's pull apart those vows and, and really dig into what the two of you were promising. I mean, this, you know, it's, it's the wedding day has become such a production right. for so many couples that it's almost as if, you know, as you watch it, it's almost as if everybody's just got a role to play. And people are just doing what they've got to do. You know, like we've got to have the cake. So let's, you know, insert cake here. And we've got to have, you know, the wedding party. So insert wedding party here. And we've got, oh yeah, we've got to say those promises to one another, right? Because it goes along with having the party and the dress and the tuxedos and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm hearing over and over again that couples really aren't taking to heart what those vows are. And so they become temporary. 
in our society. I mean, will you take this man or woman to be your husband or wife to live together in the covenant of marriage? Now, there are some key words in there. Together and covenant, right? Together. It's not saying the two of you are going to lead separate lives or do your own thing. And we know because we've tried living together and doing our own thing. Yeah. Hasn't worked so well. No. Right? You know, we end up doing our own thing and we don't connect. I mean, we had seasons in our marriage where while we had taken this vow, we were living essentially as two roommates. Disconnected, disjointed, you know, each of us doing our own thing. Yeah. You know, it, it was very much a, hey, you know, I'm going here, I'm doing that, I'm doing this. There was no there was no joint effort in there. There was no working together to know where we were gonna go as a as a team, mm-hmm. you know, in a direction for growth. Instead it was just two people, you know, passing by in the night. Absolutely. And you know, we did a show gosh, like 150 episodes ago, um, called Covenant or Contract. It's episode 174. Mm. We're going to make sure to put a note, um, put a link to that show in the yeah, show notes. Sure but you know, one of the things we talked about in there is that a covenant, a covenant is unbreakable. I mean, that's, that's what, you know, if you look at the Bible, you look at those covenants, those were, those were promises that had no break in them, right? But the contract that's based on performance. That's saying, you know, if you do this, then I'll do that. Right. Right. And so many couples right now are living married lives that are contracts. It's all performance based. It's all based on those temporary feelings, right? Instead of permanent promises. You know, the next one, will you love him and her, him or her? You know, and that's talking about all the different intimacies. I mean, if you've been listening to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show for any length of time, you know that coming out of our first book, Strip Down, 13 Keys to Unlocking Intimacy in Your Marriage, we talked about physical intimacy. We talked about emotional intimacy, financial, recreational, spiritual, right? We talked about all those intimacies because it's not just a matter of loving, a, loving your spouse in one way. You know, it's great that Tony desires me sexually. Trust me, I, that I'm not downplaying that. But if he only desired me sexually, and didn't want to have conversations with me or didn't want to spend time with me or didn't want to handle our finances with me, we'd have a pretty lopsided marriage. We've tried it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like having a flat tire in your car or watching somebody with a flat tire. You know what that looks like. It's that constant thump, 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 thump. You know, because the wheel isn't rolling the way it's supposed to, you know, nowhere in there. Will you love him or her? Does it say, will you only love part of them? Right. Will you only like the good parts version? You know, the social media version right. that gets posted. It says, will you love him or her? We aren't given the privilege of choosing to only love our spouse when they're doing everything right. Right. Because we'll be let down a lot of times because you know, we, we have our days, we have our moments, we can have our seasons of life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a, I'm going to put, um, a post, an article that we wrote some time ago called the six forms of intimacy to build a strong marriage. Those will be in the show notes here for you guys to check out. And that goes over all those six forms of intimacy. And as Elisa and I, you know, really started diving into our own marriage, we realized that, you know, each of these are vital. And if you were to put them on, say, a wheel, like 
actually, you know, you're looking at them, you know, you'd have a hub and you'd have six spokes coming off of that wheel. You can look at these and even for yourself in your mind going from a one to 10, a one being by the hub and a 10 by the rim, you know, one to 10, where are you guys? Mm -hmm. And if you know, you're starting to look at things and you're going, wow, we're a one at emotional intimacy. We're, we're a three at financial intim- intimacy. We're a seven when it comes to recreational intimacy. And yet, you know, our spiritual intimacy is at a two. And then our sexual intimacy is at a six. Y- you, you get the picture. The wheel's broken like Elisa spoke about. You know, it's going thump, 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 thump. And we, we can share many a times in our own marriage where that has happened. You know, one one in particular time that has come up recently a lot is, you know, the time after we lost our, our second child, Andrew. And and there was so much that was going on in that time. And, and we have the benefit now looking back almost 12 years, you know, and where we were. And that season, I'll share with you guys, lasted a good 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was long. It was arduous. But, you know, when I look back at that and I look at these these forms of intimacy and I, and I realize we just missed them all. We really did. We missed the boat on each one of them. You know, it was, it was a time where, you know, our wedding vows were the only thing we were standing on. You know, because Elisa and I, when we said those vows for better or for worse through sickness and in health, we took those to heart. And believe me, prior to that time, it, it wasn't always that way. We had to fight to that point because that by that point, we'd almost gotten divorced twice, you know, but in that moment, that's where we were at. And so as we look at, look further into this, you know, what are your vows? Mm-hmm. What do they mean? Well, so the next one is, will you comfort him or her? And, you know, comfort takes many different forms, but a lot of it is, you know, revolves around the idea of being emotionally available, vulnerable, and engaged with your spouse. You know, that emotional availability is knowing what's going on with them, right? Are you so wrapped up in your own world that you can't see that they're hurting? Are you so prideful that when they say we've got a problem, you're blowing it off or dismissing it or saying, you know what, we can fix this on our own. And they're saying, we've tried that, right? Putting your pride aside to say, you know what, maybe we do have a problem, right? Because your pride, we've said this before, your pride cannot be stronger than your marriage, right? If your pride is bigger than what's going on in your marriage, then you're going to be upside down and it's not going to go well for you. You know, being vulnerable to your spouse right? Creating a safe environment for the two of you to be able to share. That is comforting, right? I should be able to come home and talk to Tony. Like I can't talk to anyone else. And so it's one of those things where, you know, having that, that safe place, that vulnerability, Mm -hmm. that's a comfort. It's not just putting your arms around them and saying, you know, they're there, it's going to be okay. I mean, that's a form of comfort for sure. But it's knowing that he's got my back. It's knowing that when he says something to me, that is hard, that I'm not just going to be like, well, you know what? That sucks and walk out the door, right? Without even just connecting with him emotionally. And a lot of times when these vows are becoming temporary, that's what happens. You're like, well, I don't care, right? Like, I'm not going to comfort you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes from our own hurt. It comes from stuff that we've held onto 
that is blocking us from being able to love and forgive our spouses. Mm-hmm. You know, the next one, will you honor and keep? Okay, honor is a big word in marriage, right? And this goes all the way back to how the two of you treat each other with respect and appreciation in both, and hear me out here, in both your words and your actions. Please don't tell me that you have respect for your spouse and then go out and share everything that's going on in your marriage with your friends. That's not honoring. That's not respectful. Don't go talking to your parents about everything that's going on in your marriage when you say that, you know, I honor and respect my spouse, right? Don't say one thing or post one thing on social media and then go home and close the door and be screaming at your husband or wife, right? Honor and keep. That has everything to do with how you treat one another. And when you treat this as a temporary thing, when you treat this as dependent on their performance, that is not honoring to them. It's not honoring to your marriage. It's not honoring to the promise that the two of you started your life on, right? You started your life on these promises. You started your life on these vows. You know, it wasn't just, it wasn't just for the day. It wasn't just because you were participating in, you know, the greatest one day show of your life. Yeah, it's not just for that moment, you know, and that's why we're diving in deep. In, and for, for many of you, you maybe you've never even heard them like this. You know, you said them or you had your own that you said, and yet you really didn't sit down and take the time to really hear this out. Mm-hmm. And hey, again, I'll raise my hand. I was 23 years old. I didn't, I didn't hear it like this. You know what I mean? I was like, hey, great. Let's get married. Let's, let's move forward. So even hearing it like this again, it is such an eye opener. It's so like, oh my gosh, you know what? Right. You know, love her, comfort her, honor her. Yeah. And then it goes to the next one, which is in sickness and health. Because here's the deal, guys, you're going to have both. Oh yeah. You know, everything from stubbing your toe and, you know, somebody hopping down the hallway, just trying to bite their tongue and not scream out to those life-threatening illnesses that are going to rock you to your core, right? Marriages are going to have both. You, you committed to the good times and the bad. Don't give up when things get hard. And, and you know, in sickness and in health, a lot of times people ref, you know, think of that as just your physical health, right? But that's also your emotional health. Mm-hmm. You know, emotionally sick. Your marriage may be sick, mm-hmm. right? There are times when marriages are healthy and times when marriages are sick. In sickness and in health is not just your physical well-being, You've got to stick through in all seasons of your marriage. Right. And then I, th- this one, this one, oh my gosh, this is the big one here. And forsaking all others, forsaking all others. Now, the obvious one here, you know, when people hear this is, you know, those other men or women that you might have your eye on, right? You know, um, who take your, those people who take your attention away from your spouse, but forsaking all others, let me tell you who else that includes. That includes your parents who might try to work their way into your marriage, who might be trying to exert more influence. Forsaking all others includes your kids. They're not before your spouse. No matter what popular society has told you about how kids need to be loved on and things like that, kids need to see the example of what a healthy marriage looks like. It's And I just, I want to say one thing. We hear from more couples than not that the kids... Are, are are breaking them up more than anything. 
And when, you know, when you hear it. Can I just say, it's not the kids that are breaking them up. It's that the priority they've placed on the kids. Correct. Well, th- that wedge right. that comes in between the husband and wife. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, if we don't get a handle on that, it's going to cause massive turmoil. It, it just is, folks. And, you know, so if that's, I mean, and it goes any, everything from, you know, kids sleeping in your bed, sleeping in your room, you know, to, you know, hey, our kids, my kids are my, my best friend. No, no, you're a parent. They are your kids. Be the parent, you know, be together. You know, we can do a whole show on that. And I, and I think it's something we need to, to look at because we don't hear this like once every so often. This is a daily occurrence. So as you're listening to this and forsaking all others, are you willing, you know, to say to your kids, no, because I'm saying yes to your mom. I'm saying yes to your dad. And sometimes it's tough and yet it needs to be said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Two other groups of people that you need to consider when you're forsaking all others are your friends, mm-hmm. right? Don't, don't make your friends more important than your spouse. That's a downward spiral. And your job, right? Those things that pull you away. Now, I'm not saying don't work. I'm saying don't become a workaholic at the expense of your marriage, mm-hmm. right? And then the final one, be faithful as long as you both shall live. Now, I actually looked up the definition of faithful besides the obvious, full of faith. And it said, steadfast in affection or allegiance or firm in adherence to promises. Firm in adherence to promises. Faithful. These are all promises that you made. And so to be faithful as long as you both shall live is not until you decide that you don't want to. Right. Right? It's not until someone cuter, more attractive, wealthier, or better listener, et cetera, comes along. Right? It's Faithful, it's firm adherence to these promises, steadfast in affection or allegiance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That means we focus on the two of us. We don't focus on all the shiny objects that are outside of our marriage, right? We focus and we tend our own garden. Water it, sow it, you know, sow into your own, you know, the, the, the grass is always going to be greener where you water it. So water, water the, what you already have in front of you. You know, and as I was writing out these show notes, I mean, it, it honestly, it says in my notes, wake up in all capital letters because we have gotten so far off track. And I know for a lot of you in the One Extraordinary Marriage family, I'm probably preaching to the choir because you guys have been so plugged into the show and you're making changes. But there are a lot of you that need to hear that it is time. It is time to switch your wedding vows back to being temporary, to being permanent. And, and hear me out here. Both husbands and wives need to honor their wedding vows. Yeah. Not just when things are easy, but especially when things are hard, especially when the two of you are facing challenges because your wedding vows, like I said earlier in the show, they weren't just for the moment that you stood up in front of friends and family in the fabulous dress and the tuxedo looking like a million bucks, Mm -hmm. right? Your vows require action to to be maintained. I've had three email messages in the last week where people have said, we didn't think we were going to have to work at our marriage. We thought it was going to be like Hollywood. You know, like we had the great day and we got married and you know, like we're good until we weren't until a crisis. And now they're trying to repair their marriages because they've never worked to maintain them. You know, vows are going to require sacrifice. Mm -hmm. 
to avoid temptation and temporary pleasures. You're going to have to say no to things that look really good because they aren't in the best interest of your marriage. Because that, uh, that allegiance that you have to this person means that sometimes you have to say no to things that are going to take you outside of your marriage. Vows require commitment, both mind, body, and soul, because without these things, all you have is a temporary agreement that says, I'll do this until I get distracted, until I stop trying, or until something better comes along. Mm-hmm. That's not what you promised. Not a single one of you promised that. So why are we living marriages? Why are we living in relationships where it's temporary? You know, this week, here's what I want you guys to do, because you know that we never end a One Extraordinary Marriage show without encouraging you to take action. And I'm guessing a lot of you have your wedding vows either on VHS or DVD, or maybe some of our folks have been married a little bit longer. You have them on, what was it, the eight millimeter? You know, somehow, some way, you probably have. I hope they've converted it over to like a If DVD. not, now would be a good time. Yeah. But yeah, for prosperity's sake. Play your wedding vows this week. If, you've, if they were written down, pull them out of your wedding album and look at them. Really look at them. They may be different than the ones I read, but we, you know, we re- use these to just give you an example, right, of some general ones. But the idea is generally the same. Mm-hmm. You know, so take a look at your wedding vows. And then I want you to pick one area where you've been treating your wedding vows as a contract, where you've been making it dependent on your spouse's performance, or maybe one area where you haven't been doing it at all. Where the in sickness and health part, yeah, not so much. Or maybe the comfort part, you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. This week, I want you to pick one area. And I want you to say, this is going to be the week that I up my game, mm-hmm. that I man up, that I woman up and say, you know what? I'm getting reengaged in this permanent promise that I made, not the temporary, but the permanent, because my wedding vows were promises. They weren't a contract that I made with my spouse. I need to start living, you know, and declare it to yourself. I need to start living as if my wedding vows were permanent. Because I will tell you that when you start to live that way, when you start to say, you know what, I'm going to get reengaged in my marriage, your marriage is going to change. Because, but here's the thing. It starts with you. Right. Right. St- stop waiting for your spouse to do something because chances are they're waiting for you to take action. So just do it. Just take action. Look at those wedding vows and say, you know what? I mean, maybe have, maybe have just coffee one night and pull out the wedding vows. Right. And just say, Hey, you know what? What did we promise? Or look at that video again, or look at those pictures again. It's, it's always wise to take time to reminisce too, to look back at that day and remember that moment what you were saying to each other. Yes, it is. Uh, most wedding days now are just overdone. They're over the top. And, and we just we, we just sort of rush through it and we don't remember it. And so what a time to, you know, pull out your, your wedding album. Look at those pictures. Look at the two of you there. Maybe pull out that DVD. Watch it. Laugh. Cry. Show emotion. Have fun. You know, Enjoy it because really that's what we stand upon when we set our I do's, our vows. That's what we stand upon 
And we talked about the marriage license a little bit back. You can listen to that show and I'll put a link into that show. But that's what we, that's, that's our, that's our promise to our spouse. It is a spoken word. It's, it's, we, we verbally said, this is what I'm going to do till death do us part. And I think we need to be reminded of what our vows have said. We said to each other. So as we leave today, I just want to share them with you again. And I want you to just listen to me as I share these with you. And and as I'm saying them, speak it to your spouse. Mm, so good. Speak it to your spouse. Even if they're not there, even if you're just driving in your car, or you're running, I want you to speak this to your spouse again. So I'm going to say it for Tony and, and Elisa because that's who we are and that's that's our vow. So here we go. I, Tony, take you, Elisa, to be my lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health until death do us part. I love you. I love you guys. And we truly want you to realize that the words you spoke that day, they're powerful. They have so much power. And most likely, you just need to be reminded again on how much, how important they are in your life. So go out there this week, grab your wedding album, grab your video, watch them, see that moment. More importantly, though, say your vows again. Declare them over your spouse, even if they're not there right now. Declare it over them again. Take the stand again to say, I am standing up here in front of God, in front of nobody else. But to you, my husband, my wife, I love you. And I desire to be with you through sickness and in health, to honor you, to cherish you until death do us part. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week.